This morning, I want to go to the book of Job. I mean, Job. <laughs> Tom was telling me this morning, he said, a pastor said, the Bible really tells you everything you need. It even has a whole book on jobs. <laughs> so there you go. There's your, there's your funny for the day. <laughs> but um, but uh, remember the other prayer request uh, that we shared this morning. And, uh, but this morning, I want to go to Job, the book of Job. And I want to go to the 38th chapter. So if you got your Bibles, turn with me to Job, the 38th chapter. And uh, let me introduce somebody to most of you. Most, some of you know who they are, some of you don't. Carla and Priscilla. Uh, I want to say the last name, but I'm not going to because I'll mess it up. So I'm going to say Priscilla and Carla. They're going to be uh, starting our children's ministry uh, here at Victory Fellowship. So just wanted to get to know who they are. So... Uh, they're going to be meeting, um, and we have a building just right at the end of the driveway out there. So they'll be meeting over there. So um, we'll get you more information of that during the week and uh, and have that going. Amen? God is faithful when you need him. Whatever you have need of, he provides. Amen? Mm -hmm. and, and Carla is working hard on her ministry degree, uh, and she's just, just working all the time. And Priscilla... Uh, she doesn't go home anymore. She's working and ministering. She's all she's gone all the time. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so it's great to have them again with us. Uh, they were a great part of our our Saturday night group when we met on Saturday night. They were here every Saturday night with Romando, her husband, and and them. And so it's great to have them here uh, back on Sunday. The oldest book of the Bible, Job. Notice book. This book speaks about a righteous man. A man with a prospering family. Great wealth. Property. This guy had it all. And we've heard about Job in his time of trouble. We, we understand. You know, uh, we've read the story. He loses his property, his family's gone, his health is taken, and he has a beautiful wife that has some smooth words for him. Just Ooh. kidding. <laughs> but God speaks to Job in his word, in the midst of an ash pit. And in Job 38 and verse 22, Hast thou entered into thy treasure of the snow? Or hast thou seen the treasure of the hail? Which I have reserved, which I have... Boy, my tongue is messed up this morning. <laughs> has reserved against the time of trouble. Against the day of battle and war. You see, God stated that all that he has, all the forces of nature are at his will and at his command. And he can unleash them and, un and, and hold, not hold back at any time he wants. 
Only God who created them has that power. You see, the finite holds no standard to guide your life. And by finite, I, we mean all that has to do with man's wisdom. Man is finite, but God is infinite. The scene is the response of God to the end of man's figuring about Job's trouble. He has three friends, great friends. And I say that kind of reluctantly, but in Job 2, verses 11 and 12, we, we discover who his three friends are and what they have to say. Now when Job, in, in, verse, in verse 11 and 12, chapter 2, now when Job's three friends heard of all this evil that was come upon him, they came, every one of them, from his own place. We have Alphazaz, the Temanite, and Beldad, the Shittite, and Zaphar, the Ninamite. They had made an appointment together to come and to mourn with him and to comfort him. And when they lifted up their eyes afar off and knew him not, they lifted up their voice and wept. And they rent every one of them his mantle and sprinkled dust upon his head toward the heaven. His one friend says in Job chapter 4 verses 8 and 9, Even I... Even I have seen they that plow iniquity and sow wickedness reap the same. By the blessed of God they perish, and by the breath of his nostrils they are consumed. These friends are, these are great friends. They're all thinking that, that Job has done something really terrible. He's caused all these problems to come upon himself. Job has no idea that God and Satan are, are, are having this conversation. And Satan goes back and to and fro into heaven. And, and God says, have you not considered my servant Job? A man who was blessed with a strong family, great wealth, lots of property. His friends have no idea even that this conversation had taken place. And sometimes we wonder when we get into trouble or we have trouble that goes our way, we don't quite understand everything that's taken place. But we all have friends. And our friends are so encouraging. They, they always want to let us know where we went wrong. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Even if you didn't. Don't worry, they'll point out you did. And they'll convince you that you did. How many have friends that are very convincing friends? If they talk to you long enough, you'll be convinced. And he has a friend that says, Happy is the man who corrected. Therefore, despise not thou the chastising of the Almighty. And then we have the answer of Baldad, who, the Shunite, who says, 
How long wilt thou seek, speak these things? How long shall the words of thy mouth be like a strong wind? Doeth God pervert, uh, pervert judgment? Doeth the Almighty pervert justice? If thy children have sinned against him, and have, and he have cast them away for their transgressions. You see, they're, they're still hung up on that, that Job has done something wrong. And that's why he's been cast out. That's why he's got all these problems. Let me just tell you this. The stronger relationship you have with God, the stronger relationship you have with Jesus, it seems that much more goes wrong in your life. Some people say, well, it's a testing. God wants to see how faithful you're going to be. Let me just tell you this. God's not going to test you beyond what you can handle, number one. And two, he already knows where your faith is. He's known you from the foundation of the world. He knows what you're going to do. So why does he need to test you? Listen. Philosophic instructions, even on the nature, will be wrong unless it's based on God's word entirely. Everything that happens in our life is based entirely on the word of God. He will not test you beyond what you can handle. He's not going to take you where he knows that you can't recover. What happens, folks, is we go where we can't recover. We make the solemn choices whether to serve or not to serve our Lord Jesus Christ. See, people say, well, but that was already predestined. You can fight that battle if you want. <clears throat> I believe we all have a choice. God has designed man that he has his own will. And there is danger in preaching on the words of his friends. You see, I think that Job thought this perfect thought that they were narrow-minded people. I think he thought he had a narrow-minded wife who would say, curse God and die. That's, that was not his desire. His desire was to serve the Lord God. His desire was to do what was right before his eyes, no matter what took place, no matter what happened in his life. You see, the future holding his the future, and all of us can know this, the future holds no secrets from God. God knows your heart. He's always known your heart. And we see here the oldest book predicts the future. More scientific hints than all un, 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 any, any piece of literature you can put your hands on. We have great scientists out there who are always trying to tell us something new. Like God didn't know. God created all things. He created the, the moon, the, all the other planets, the stars, the heavens. He, he's created all this. But there's the uncertainties of the future that bother the mind of man. There are the things that we try to understand about the future. Everybody here this morning is alive, I trust. You're all breathing, your eyes are open, your chest, heart is beating. 
You got smiles. Look at the smiles. See? We could do a great Pepsi commercial in this church. <laughs> but you know what always astonishes me? It's when somebody's told they're going to die. When someone is told that they have a disease that can't be fixed and you're certainly going to... You know what we usually... How long do we have? It's almost like you're asking the doctor, so what is the final date? Because I've got to get some things done. <laughs> Only God knows your final date. Only he knows the end of your time. And then there's the uncertainty about future governments. You know, well, we elected this president. We thought this was a great thing. God puts in place who he wants there for whatever season it is and for whatever reason it is. You don't have to agree with who it is. You don't have to like who it is. But you have to pray for who it is. You know, it, I probably shouldn't go here this morning, but as I was talking to my cousin Don on the phone when they went to Douglas Air Force Base when they brought the 13 Marines back he was very angry with me very upset he said there was no president no first lady no vice president no joint chiefs of staff no generals came to receive the bodies of those Marines that came back. Only the color guard. The people who take them off the plane. That was it. I thought, what kind of country are we in now? Where it's been tradition through the ages for history that the president or the Joint Chiefs of Staff would go and receive our servicemen and women who come back after they've been killed in combat. It's always been that way. But not to have one. He said, I felt like I was betrayed by my own country. Mm -hmm. I'll be honest with you, church. I had no words for him. Nope. Not one. I couldn't say anything. There's not many things that we can say when it comes to government. There's not many things that we can think. But we know here what Job is talking about and the thrilling prophecy here, the hail in the time of trouble. In Revelation 16, 21, it says, And there fell upon man a great hail out of heaven, and every stone about the weight of the talent, and man blasphemed God because of the plague and of the hail. For the plague thereof was exceedingly great. We as a nation are going to face a great wrath for turning our backs on God. For denying our Lord Jesus Christ. 
But then Job goes on to talk about the fortunes of the earth. They hold no security to guarantee blessings. Job understood this more than any other man on the face of the earth. He understood that there were there was no guarantees. How can you know this? Well, he lost his family. He lost his possessions. He lost his land. Everything he had, he lost. He, there's no guarantees for us to keep anything. And he knew that more than anyone. How much do you own? The Bible says, What shall it profit a man that he, that he gained the whole world and loses lose his soul? There are people out there just hoarding all that they can get. But church, what shall it profit a man? Because when you die, guess what? You can't take it with you. It's left here for someone else. People say to me sometimes, well, what are you going to do if the rapture takes place and all this stuff you have? You know, who's going to get it? I said, what do I care? <laughs> when God calls me up, I'm going up. What am I going to worry about what's down here? Have with it what you will. If you're left behind, I live at 3208 Pomeroy Drive. My wife will be going with me, so, and my sister also. You guys are welcome to whatever. Just take care of the little dog. I don't know if the doggy will be gone at the same time. I couldn't tell you. That I don't know. It says the dead in Christ shall rise first, and those that are left behind will be taken up. Didn't say anything about the animals. I'm just saying. I'm not picking on the animals. I'm not an animal hater. I love our little dog. Even when she threw up on me. I still love her. Too much information. Too much of Oh, TMI. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Those of you who are watching, sorry. <laughs> How much money do you have in the bank? I don't want to know. But you know the bank could collapse tomorrow. Mm -hmm. How strong do you feel? You see, because a dreaded disease could come and it could desolate your body even now. We have tribulation, war, and destruction. Job talks about all these things. All these things are in the form of nature when it comes to God. God said he was holding things back, the treasures of the snow, hail in times of war. God used hail to help Joshua and the Israelites win a battle. Just as armies keep weapons and armories, God has all the forces of nature and his control. Job could understand that. Because there was a big hailstorm that took his all of his children out. You see, just when you think you're safe, yeah. you're safe. You see, because you're safe in the arms of Jesus. Yeah. You're safe in the arms of Christ. You see, because Christ 
Is it going to destroy you? He's already sent his son Jesus to pay for a price. To pay a price for you. That when that, when that time comes, he's going to cause all to be together with him. You see, the only thing I can suggest to you this morning is to get to know the God of the future. Get to know Jesus Christ, his son, who died for you. You see, in Job 42, 1 through 5, if you got your Bible, you want to flip over there. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou canst do everything, and that no thought can be hidden from thee. Who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge? Therefore I have uttered that under, under and understood not. Things too wonderful for me to know not. Here I beseech thee, and I will speak, and I will demand of thee, and declare unto me. And I have heard of the three by hearing thy ear, talking about his friends. But now my eyes see it. Throughout the book of Job, his friends had asked him to admit his sin. Asked him to admit his wrongdoing. And don't you know that Job had to have been searching his heart this whole time? Sitting in the midst of an ash pit? With boils on his body? The pain that was inflicted upon him? Don't you think of all people he would have been searching his heart? To see what he had done to offend the Lord? Of course. People don't know your hearts, people. Church, people don't know where you're at. You do. You know the pain that you have on your heart. But people can't know your pain. Only God knows your pain. People don't know your sins. But God knows your sins. You see, God knows where we are all the time. He knows when our heart is right and when it is not. We, like Job, need to be open and honest and face God and admit what is on our hearts. What does the Lord say? To confess your sins. He's not saying go to the... Nowhere in the Bible doesn't say go to the priest and confess your sins so you can be forgiven. No. That we are to confess our sins before the Lord Jesus Christ and ask for forgiveness to receive salvation. That's what we must do. As much as his friends wanted him to come out and say, You've, I, I've done this wrong. He couldn't do it. Even his wife was upset and disturbed seeing him in his condition with all the boils. And surely she thought he must have done something wrong to be in this bad of a shape that he should curse God and just die. Get it over with. There are people in your life that want to speak these kind of negativity things in there and say, listen, you need to just get it over with. Just end it. Just be done. 
I watched a movie the other night, and I don't watch movies too often, but this one particular movie was about a young lady. And in the, near the end of the story, she was pregnant, and the place she was staying, the guy told her she had to move out. So she's sleeping in her car, and she goes to the store to get something to eat. She has a little bit of money. And she comes out of the store and she meets a friend, somebody she knew. And he had a bottle in one hand and they spoke for a few minutes and then he was walking away. And the next scene is you see this kid on a skateboard coming up and knocks her down. I mean, he came up out of nowhere, just rare, I mean, just like a train, just ran the girl right over. She's got this huge belly. And the friend saw it and he runs back and he picks her up and he puts her in the car and he rushes her off to the hospital. Well, later on, at the child's first birthday, the guy was there. And so she goes up to him and she said, I want to thank you. Because had you not been there, I would have died. And he looked at her and said, had you have not been there, I would have died. Mm -hmm. He said, you see, I've been down on my luck and things had fallen apart in my life. And I'd gone to the store and I bought a bottle of booze. And in my pocket, I had a whole pocket full of pills. And I was going to go down into the alley and I was going to take all the pills and drink the bottle and, and just check out. You see, God had ordained something else. God saved two people. You see, sometimes when you begin to look at the overall picture, things aren't as bad as they seem. When you begin to see Job's life and, and, and how God restores him, right? We see at the end of Job, Job is restored. He's getting everything back. You see, church, God wants to restore you. He wants to give back to you all that the canker worm has destroyed, has taken away. God wants to give back to you. But we have to be willing to be open to God. We have to be willing to say, yes, I understand that God wants me to have this because this is his blessing for me. Now, I'm not saying you're going to walk out these doors and say, oh, thank you, Jesus, I'm going to walk to the car lot and you can give me a Cadillac. No, I'm not saying that at all. So don't even get that thought in your head. I don't believe that way. But what I'm saying is God wants to take care of you. But you have to be a willing to allow him into your life to be an active part of who you are. You need to be a testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You don't need to be a testimony for the world. The world's got plenty of its own inflictions and rejections out there. But you know what? Jesus wants you to be a light of the world. He wants you to be that burning candle on the hilltop that people will look to and say, this is who I can go to when I'm in trouble. Why? Because they know you will pray. My brother Jeff 
yesterday. I didn't even tell my wife about it. I actually forgot about it. <laughs> I called him yesterday. I called him once in a while. And he's one of the siblings I'm praying for. And uh, he said, uh, my granddaughter invited me to go to church with her tomorrow. What do you think? I said, go. <laughs> what are you asking me for? Go. <laughs> well, I don't know how to act. I said, well, you don't have to act in. Just sit there and be quiet. <laughs> the Holy Spirit will speak to you. Amen. That's his job. What kind of, I said, what kind of church is she? I don't know. I said, just go anyway. Find out. I'll call you Sunday afternoon and report in and see what took place. I said, is it a Bible-believing church? He said, I guess so. My, my daughter Kylie says, sometimes people speak out and you just don't understand what they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I said, that'd probably be the right place for you. I don't know that he'll understand. But you know what? It only takes a seed to be planted. Right. God will do the watering. Our lives are a testimony. Job's life was a testimony. And in all the trouble that he had experienced, his life was a testimony. Why? Because he never at one time considered the thought of abandoning God. Right. He never even gave it a thought to cast God to side and say, well, let me see if I can figure this out myself. Never did he do that. He totally, 100% trusted God the whole way. In the midst of our troubles, church, in the midst of everything that you may be going through today, I'm telling you this morning, trust God 100%. Don't turn your back. Don't look the other way. Trust Him and keep moving in Him because I assure you that you will come out the victor on the other side. Yes. Without a single doubt in my mind. It may look bleak, but I'm telling you, you will come out the victor. Without fail. Job understood that, and if he could understand that, in the midst of everything that he went through, loving friends, and a smooth-talking wife, how much more will you prosper? Amen? You can't go wrong. You can't. But I'm telling you this morning that Jesus has great things in store yes. for you. Trust Him. I understand that we're in times of trouble. We're in times of peril. COVID's running rampant. People still trying to get resettled and refocused. But I'm telling you, no matter how much trouble's ahead, we have victory in Jesus. Amen. And we'll have it. Yes. Father, I thank you this morning for your word. Lord, I understand in the midst of Job's trials and Job's trouble that he had faced, Lord, I understand that he never turned his back against you. Lord, may we this morning, in the midst of all that we've heard about today, our service people who were killed, this little girl that was burned it had second and third degree burns on her body 
All these are in the path of this hurricane. Lord, help them to stay focused on you. Because, Lord, you're the redeemer. You're their healer. You're their provider. You're their sole source for life. I pray for a miraculous miracle to take place in this nation that we live in. Lord, because I, as a pastor, I just, I don't see how it can get any worse. But Lord, my trust is not in the government of the United States. My trust is solely in you. Amen. And Jesus, I wanted to stay there. Lord, help me to stay focused on the cross, the blood of Christ. Let me stay focused on that, Lord. Father, I pray for the people in our country and in this church. Help them to stay focused on you. Help them to stay focused on the cross. Lord, let the blood cover us all. And we'll give you the praise and the glory and the honor for these things that we ask today in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. And amen. Let's stand together.